0: but they gave themselves first to the Lord, and then by the will of God to us. Accordingly, we urge Titus that as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your, for your sake he became poor, so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Good evening, good to see you. Welcome to Mercy View. Uh, my name is Brad, I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, if you're visiting with us tonight, we're so glad you're here. Honored that you've chosen to worship with us tonight. I would love to meet you if I haven't already. Um, Tonight is going to be a little different. I'm going to speak briefly um, for a bit and then I'm actually going to invite Pastor John up for a a time for us to talk about the topic we're looking at tonight. Um, In fact, we've got quite a bit to get through, so uh, no funny stories or interesting stories before we get going. We've got to get right into uh, our time uh, tonight. And so uh, as a reminder, if you're new to us or maybe you haven't been here for a few weeks, we are in a series um, looking at the call that really all Christians have. But in particular, we're looking at the way in which members of a local church are called to move more deeply into discipleship over the course of our, our lives. In the series, it's called Deeper every partner. And what we're doing in this series is examining how the local church and and then the individuals within it, the ways in which we're called to count the costs of true discipleship and more deeply in fellowship with Jesus. Really what we're doing uh, is building out something that we've started to talk about with you uh, this probably last six months or so related to our philosophy of ministry. Uh, The philosophy of ministry is sort of the The action plan for how we're going to live out our vision and our values here at Mercy View. And so we're continuing that series uh, tonight and uh, looking at a particular uh, part of being a disciple of Jesus that looks like this. Every partner stewarding their resources. Every partner stewarding their resource. And as we do that, I want to invite you to see a couple of things. First, we are to invest god's resources for maximum kingdom impact just say that again we are to invest god's resources into or towards maximum kingdom impact and then secondly we are to invest god's resources from a genuine heart compelled by grace we are to invest in Uh, Invest God's resources from a genuine place in our hearts, compelled by the grace of God. Now, I've already kind of let the cat out of the bag a little bit. Today we are talking about something we actually don't talk a ton about here at Mercy View. We are talking tonight about the ways that God calls you and I to steward the financial resources that he has blessed us with to fund the mission of his kingdom, and more particularly if you're a part of a local church, to fund the mission of the local church that you're a a part of. So, if you are visiting with us for the first time tonight, or you're newer here, uh, this isn't something that we we talk a lot about. But that is not to say that it is unimportant. In fact, uh, I actually have a growing conviction, I think the elders would, would say this Uh, we have a growing conviction. We actually need to probably talk about this idea of stewardship and generosity and funding the mission of the local church a little bit more because it seems to me that in the Bible uh, God talks a lot about it. And if God talks a lot about something, we should probably take notice and as we think particularly about the actions of a disciple, this particular action Uh, We need to do business with this tonight. We need to think about and wrestle with the ways in which God talks about what we do with our money. And so it's a very important component of being a disciple. We said this a few weeks ago. uh, A disciple that's being equipped gets in the way of the truth as much as they can. And tonight will be no exception if you claim to be a Christian here tonight. We're going to put ourselves in the way of loving truth. So, here's what I wanna do first. I just wanna run through three foundational principles that I see sort of undergird this idea of what it means for you and I to steward the resources financially that God has given us. And then we're gonna look at some principles that we see in the scripture uh, as it relates to that, and then we're going to do a, a time with uh, a little panel with myself and, and Pastor John. So first, and you don't have to turn to uh, these passages, I'll read them for you. But first, let's let let's talk about what, what the, the psalmist says in Psalm 24, verse 1. Here's what it says. The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. That's a very... Uh, Kind of almost old English sounding. This is the ESV. Kind of sounds like it came from the King James almost. But I actually like how the NIV says it. It's a little bit clearer. Here's how it says that in the NIV. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. All right. So here's the first thing I want you to see. God is the owner of everything. God owns all things. Here's why that's important. The verse says that the earth is the Lord's, and just so we're clear, he, the psalmist spells it out, everything in it, it's important because you and I, if we don't get this right at the very top, we're somehow gonna get what what um, we think about our own financial resources, and really where they come from messed up, right? And, and, and so here is this, this verse that, that's reminding us that anything, any resource, any blessing that you and I have in our lives, it comes from God and He's the owner of it. He is the owner of everything. Now second, Matthew 6, 19 through 21. This is Jesus talking here. He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Uh, now that verse, uh, verses, these, this passage uh, really could be a sermon in and of itself, but it's, I think it's pretty straightforward as far as it relates to this idea of having a A foundation for what it looks like for us to steward our money well. Jesus is saying that our treasures will always be, or they always go, where our hearts actually are. Or another way to say this is, what we treasure, we worship. Right? If we treasure God, we treasure His glory, our earthly treasures will follow that worship. Our stewardship of all that we have, including our financial resources, is always a reflection of what is already in our hearts. So we invest our resources in places where our hearts already are. Are you with me? Okay. Third foundational thing I want us to see before we jump into the principles. Psalm 154 verse 4 says this, one generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Now you might if you're familiar with the Old Testament, you might have heard a version of this happen a few times in the Old Testament because this is a a pattern that we actually see in the Old Testament where the parents of a family are called to declare the works of God walking in the ways of God to their children. And then their children are supposed to do that for their children. And their children are supposed to do it for their children. We're, we're talking about here a, a idea of leaving a legacy of faith from one generation to the next. Now, I wanna draw that principle out a little bit as we think about stewardship. I believe that a local church Is also called to live out that principle with our money. Let me tell you what I mean. You and I should consider the ways that we can invest our financial resources into the kingdom now to leave a legacy of faith for the future. I believe that one of the ways God wants us to think about our money is that it outlives us. Right? The things that we invest in now, and those things, the fruit of those things can look like a lot of different things, but, but the fruit of our faithfulness in stewarding our money isn't just about the here and now. It is about commending the works of God to future generations. And so you and I, I think, need to wrestle with, like, what does it look like for us to invest our money in the kingdom now to leave a legacy of faith for future generations. It's a present investment for a future legacy. So God is the owner of all things. We invest our resources in the places where our hearts already are. We also invest our money in the kingdom now to leave a legacy of faith for future generations. These foundational ideas, these truths, I think it's super important as we begin to think about stewardship here at Mercy View, and this is why. We're supposed to look in three different ways, I think, as we talk about money. We, we need to look up. God owns everything, right? If we keep our eyes on God, we know that anything we have comes from Him first. We also, we look in, right? We invest our treasure in things that matter because our hearts are anchored to Jesus, And then we we look out or we look forward because we are reminded that stewardship is not only an investment in the present that you and I get to experience and enjoy the fruit of, but it's an investment in the future in a way that will live on even after you and I pass from this life. And if you put those three foundational ideas together, here's the first thing that I want to invite you to see this evening. We are to invest God's resources because he owns everything for maximum kingdom impact because it's coming from our hearts our hearts are worshiping the right things we're worshiping God and it's leading us to not only invest in the present but in the future now that really begins to get us then to the question of how to do this right and uh the Bible has a lot to say to us about how you and I are to be, the, be stewards of God's financial resources. So I'm gonna walk through some, some principles here. And I'm using the word principles on purpose because we're gonna see as we get to the end of our time that, that the idea is that we're to take these principles and lay them really as a grid over our lives and ask ourselves the question, do I give in this way? And the, the, the principles are meant to help draw us into being better stewards of the financial resources that God has given us. So here's the first principle. We are to give voluntarily. We are to give voluntarily. You, you heard 2 Corinthians 8 read earlier. If you remember, one of the things that Paul said was there was this, this group of churches in, in Macedonia, and it said that they gave of their own accord. Now in 2 Corinthians 9, the the next chapter, Paul is gonna say this, he says that each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. So Paul is is saying here in both of these places that giving should never be coerced. Giving should never be manipulated. And you should never give out of a, a sense of condemnation You should never give out of a sense of shame. A Christian, a disciple of Jesus, gives voluntarily because of a desire that God places within their heart. It is by choice that anyone gives financially to, to anything, right? But don't miss this. It is a choice to be made, right? Paul isn't saying it's voluntary in the sense that it's optional, He's just saying that, that uh, it should be done freely, like it should be done prayerfully, but it should be a choice that, that you and I make on our own accord. So that's the first principle. Uh, we are to give voluntarily. Here's the next principle. We are to give excellently. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, if you give uh, of your financial resources uh, to, to the church, but Paul says in 2 Corinthians eight, you heard this right earlier too, The Macedonian churches gave generously, even though their resources were scarce, like their own resources. And then he challenges the Corinthians to excel in this grace of giving as well. And here's what that means. It means that that he was saying to them, you need to be looking for ways for your giving to be excellent. Or maybe we could say it this way, "Your, your giving should be the best it could be, like if you think about what it means to excel in something, right? It means that, that you are looking for ways to grow. You're looking for ways to increase maybe even the way that you're you're performing in, in a certain area. And as we think about stewardship, I think that that relates really well. We are to think about the, the ways that, that we can excel in our stewardship. And, and, and the way that this sometimes happens for you, it could be that you through the blessing of a new job, maybe a promotion, a raise, a bonus, you're able to consider that. Or it may be possible by just thinking through adjusting your personal living expenses so that you can give more, like weeding out things you don't really need so that your giving can be excellent. The idea that Paul is is, is trying to help us see here is that we need to always be looking for ways to give more if we're able. for our giving For our giving to be excellent instead of sort of stagnating particularly for a very long period of time so that's the second principle Paul says we are to give excellently third principle we are to give proportionally in the the same second Corinthians 8 passage Paul says that the Macedonian churches gave according to their means and in first Corinthians 15 Paul actually says that uh, we are to Uh, give as we prosper and so here's what Paul is saying in both of those instances he is saying that your giving should be in proportion to how you have been prospered now don't mishear me you should give what God leads you to give we just said it should be voluntary should not be compelled in, in in any way other than by the Holy Spirit but you Paul is saying that part of the filter for that decision is that it needs to be based in direct proportion to what you receive or what you earn. Not just based on what you feel is sufficient or okay, or maybe we could say it this way, we are not to shortchange God. We are to give in a way that corresponds to the way that God has blessed us financially. Next principle. We are to give sacrificially. Uh, verse three uh, of Second Corinthians eight, Paul says to the Macedonian, or talks about the Macedonian churches, and as he's talking to the Corinthian church about them, he says that they gave according to their means, which is what we just said, but then he goes on to say that they gave beyond their means. And they did that of their own accord. So Paul is saying not only did the churches in Macedonia give according to what they actually had, it says that they gave beyond their means. In other words, they gave above and beyond what they should have been able to give. That's interesting, right? It was probably, it was likely very uncomfortable for the Macedonian churches to give in this way what would it have required of the Macedonian churches? It would have required a deep amount of faith and trust in the big G giver, right? So how do they do that? Well, the only way that anyone can sacrifice like that financially, it comes down to how big a God they worship. Do we trust that God will provide for us as we're being sacrificial in our giving? Now, being sacrificial in our giving doesn't mean being unwise in our giving. God promises, though, if we will depend on him, he will give us our daily bread. And in many ways, giving financially to the local church at all, I think, is a form of sacrificial giving. Here's why. You could use that money for a lot of other things. But to be compelled by the Spirit, to give it to the local church that you're a part of, Means that that then can be used for kingdom purposes. So for those of you that give faithfully and regularly here at Mercy, View, we are so thankful for that. We are so grateful for that. You are living this principle out, giving sacrificially because and you could use that money for a lot of other stuff, but you're choosing to use it to invest it in kingdom purposes. Next principle, we are to give strategically. In 1 Corinthians 16, Paul directs the Corinthian church to give on the first day of every week, which I think is another way of saying your giving needs to have some forethought. Your giving needs to be, be planned. There, there, there's a regularity to, to the way in which you should give And if, if, if Paul is directing them to give on the first day of every week, he's saying every time the first day of the week comes, um, you need to be giving. Now I think there's a lot of freedom in what that can look like. It doesn't necessarily have to be weekly for a disciple of Jesus. It could be during a worship gathering and, and maybe you know, maybe that's once a month for you. That's, that's great. It, Paul isn't necessarily talking about the frequency. He's talking about the regularity or the strategic nature of, of giving. And, and actually there's another component of this because as much as it is an act of worship, as, a, as it is a sacrifice of praise, um, part of what, what I think Paul also means here is that in God's economy, and I've seen this happen in the, in the history of Mercy View, I actually saw this happen when I was raising support to, to come to Tulsa to plant Mercy View, God takes... The two fish and five loaves that we put into the pot and he multiplies it. Like in ways that have blown my mind. And God can do that as well. So that's another piece of what I think Paul is talking about here. We will trust as we give, God will then multiply that to serve his kingdom purposes for now and for the future. It is strategic. Now, The last principle, uh, or second to last principle, is this. We are to give cheerfully. We are to give cheerfully. In in 2 Corinthians 9, this passage we referenced earlier, Paul says this in verse 7. He says, each one must give as he has decided in his heart. Right there again is, is the voluntary, freely, prayerfully part. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. And then he says this right after that. For God loves what? A cheerful giver. See, cheerfulness in giving is not based on what you're able to do, but rather what you have the privilege of doing in giving. Now, some of you might be like, I don't know if I actually feel a lot of joy or cheer when when I give, like it feels painful. Well, that in part is the sacrificial part of giving. It is uncomfortable. But I want to make sure that that we're not not giving because we're saying we aren't cheerful I think it just means that we need to seek to know why giving doesn't come with greater joy when we give if we don't feel it I believe that Paul's word to us here is that cheerful joyful giving should be the norm for a disciple of Jesus God wants to lead us into a deeper intimacy of understanding and experience And trust in him as we give our money away. And I've experienced this in my life. I know many of you could attest to this. God gives extraordinary joy when we give our gifts. And and, and we see those gifts used in ways we would have never imagined to bless and to serve other people. It's amazing. And, And it brings more cheer. It makes me more excited to give the next time. Our giving should be bathed in deeper and deeper cheer over a lifetime. Now there is one last principle. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 10 says this. You heard it read earlier. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. What is Paul talking about there? Here's what Paul is doing there. And I want you to hear this because this is the heartbeat of of myself, Pastor John, as we we want to talk to you about this idea. Um, Paul doesn't want anyone to feel pressured to give. For sure, like not to give simply because someone else told you that they should. He is saying that the only real motivation to steward the financial resources that God has blessed us with and to invest them into the kingdom purposes is, is to look at someone. And he does this by pointing us to Jesus. Paul says that when we see the richness of God's love in the sacrifice of his son... We should be compelled to give in all kinds of ways, but in particular the ways that we just talked about, cheerfully, sacrificially, proportionally, all of those ways, we should want to, actually we, we should go, man, I get to invest my resources into the kingdom. Paul says that when we see that, it changes everything about how we think about stewardship of our, our resources. God invested His greatest resource, Jesus, to die for you, to save you, and to bring you into His kingdom. God spent His Son, Jesus, for you. The cost of your sin cost God His only Son, and God was happy to do that. But God expended His greatest resource... So that you could be given the greatest treasure ever himself. And that's the last principle we are to give compelled by grace. When we have experienced the joy of the gospel, God's grace becomes a fountain within us. And as an act of worship, then we get to reflect back to God his radical generosity to us through our giving. If you put all of the principles that we just talked about together, it brings me to the second thing that I want to invite you to see. We are to invest God's resources, right? They're His, from a genuine heart compelled by grace. See, when, when God's grace motivates our giving, it will always come from the heart. And it will be voluntarily. Done. It will be voluntarily done. It'll be excellent It'll be proportional. It'll be sacrificial. It'll be strategic It'll be cheerful As we look to Jesus to see what generosity looks like it makes us generous We were singing earlier the song refiner I was just thinking about what we some of the words we sang in that song it said uh, take my life as a sacrifice, right? Take whatever you desire, Lord. Lord, here's my life. And I I was reminded about our church name. Uh, Mercy View comes from the NIV, Romans 12, one passage, which says, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, Mercy View, offer your bodies, as living sacrifices. Paul says that is your holy and acceptable act of, of worship. Have you ever thought about what it means to offer yourself as a living sacrifice? Here's what it means. It means that everything that you have, you offer it to God. And the, and the words that you sang in that worship song a while ago is, is what, what you say to God, God take whatever you desire, Lord here's my, life. Friends, as a part of our lives, God has blessed us with financial resources. And he wants us to think deeply about how to invest those resources into his kingdom. And I believe if you're a member of a local church, how to invest that in a a local church as well. And so we are wanting to take some time here to just talk a little bit more about that with you. Um, Hopefully that this first part was just a helpful sort of overview to uh, get our heads wrapped around, our hearts wrapped around this idea of stewardship. But I wanna invite Pastor John up, and actually Trey's gonna lead us uh, in this time. And as they're coming up and getting getting set up, one of the reasons we wanted to do this is many of you know we've been in a season of prayer and fasting. And we have been, and today is one of the days we've been doing that, and and, uh, it's been a few months since we've started this process and we've not really had an opportunity to tell you what, we sense the Lord is up to and what what he's doing through that, right? When we started this process, we said we believe that the, the Lord hears the prayers of his people. And in some sort of mysterious way, he even begins to respond to his people in that way. And so it really interfaces well tonight with this topic of stewardship and generosity. And you'll see why here in just a moment. But um, as the elders have, have met and, and considered what the Lord is saying to us, we felt this week's topic really fleshed well with our, our efforts to, as we've been praying, pursue our own space. Um, and you'll see again why here just a moment uh, for that. But, but uh, we want to thank you if you've been joining us in this season of fasting and prayer. And uh, we want to bring you into the discussion. We felt like this was probably the largest group of people we could talk to at one time. So we thought we'd take some time in our worship gathering. So without any further ado, let's talk.
2: Well, um, yeah, so as Brad just set that up, we have been uh, in this season of Fasting and Praying, and we've been talking about um, what God would have for us in this next season, and a big piece of that is related to giving. But before we talk a little bit more about the giving, uh, just first question to kind of start us off this evening. um, What have we learned during this season of Fasting and Praying? Uh, What's God been showing us as a church as, as we've been
3: Yeah, I'll start that one. So, we've clearly acknowledged that being here at Memorial is part of God's provision for us, and that's a wonderful thing, as well as the enormous generosity of Memorial Baptist Church to allow us to be here for almost two years. Yeah, October of 2020 was when we were here. Yeah, so now over two years they've allowed us to be here. We pay a really, really small amount of rent, and their hospitality is, is amazing. But in the time that we've been looking at the, both the leasing market and the, the market to purchase, we've really found nothing that we could afford or that really met our needs. But we have learned that if we were to find something to lease or buy, the monthly payment would be between seven and $10,000 uh, just to get started. So the real estate, real estate market here is is uh, really hot and there's a lot of value and property out there so and, and uh, seven to ten thousand dollars a month yeah. yeah and this is significantly more than what we pay uh, to be here now so yeah yeah
1: yeah we've um, I, I think one of the things I would want to say about this is is uh, you know we've been asked through the years about our desires because as a church plant um, we've been in different places. We've, we've never had our own space and so folks are uh, understandably curious about like, do we want that? Is that something we, we have a desire for? And up until a few months ago, I would say that that, that was sort of a, the way that I would answer it to folks would be to say, man, that would be great, but we're gonna have to kind of wait on the Lord. He's really gonna have to provide. And I would say that was not necessarily met with a ton of work on leadership's part to try to figure that out either okay not that that, not that that was wrong I just it just wasn't compelling enough it just wasn't a priority but over the last few months uh, I think we shared this maybe the very first uh, potluck as, as we were reflecting on the very first day of fasting and prayer that um, this felt different this season that we're in and and so when we said to you we feel like the Lord would would like for us to pray in that direction? Um, we have done our best, along with prayer and fasting, as your leaders, to just do our due diligence and really exhaust all possibilities and and talk to all the folks that we know to talk to. You all have given. In fact, today I got a lead from one of our partners here, um, saying, "Hey, I saw this place," and so many of you have been really gracious in letting us know about that. We are. We're doing our best to try to stay in touch with the commercial real estate agent folks that we know. Um, You know, there's the Baptist connection here in town. Uh, Trey even has some connections with a former denomination that he was a part of, and we've been sharing our needs with pastors and organizations, and so we just want you to know, alongside the prayer and fasting piece, um, we have been working really hard uh, behind the scenes with an intentionality that uh, maybe hasn't been there before, and I would just say, just a piggyback on what John said is, unfortunately, though we haven't found anything, um, we actually believe that that's an answer to prayer, right? Because God will sometimes answer your prayer with like this prayer, like, all right, I got a space for you. Here it is. And, you know, and it makes sense to us. Um, and, And right now, the answer to the prayer is not yet, and uh, I don't love that answer, frankly. Like, just to be honest with you, I wish it was there was something that we could say to you tonight. Like, here's this place, and we're so excited about it. But I think it's better to be honest with you and just sort of bring you in on this conversation because, you know, that's that's for us as we're talking and we're wrestling with that too, and, and just kind of wondering what the Lord is up to. But we're trusting that the Lord is up to something that He has uh, something for us and. Um, The good news is, we'll talk about this here a little bit more in just a moment, being here at Memorial is a supremely feasible financial situation for us. I mean they don't charge us anything to be here really. That's comparatively like to the market. And uh, in a sense we don't need to be in a rush. I know there are some real advantages and we've talked about those advantages to be able to have our own space. But uh, you know thankfully we're not in a situation where we're getting pressed and different ways to have to make a decision, um, and I think that's really a, a good thing, so, yeah.
2: Awesome, so that, I mean, yeah, good overview of kind of where we're at. Um, with that last statement that we don't have to really be in a rush, um, a lot of our talk here about giving, this evening has been in uh, a, kind of, I mean, we have that in mind. Like, I think, I think all of us probably, I mean, maybe most of us out here even have in mind, okay, what, what is next? And what does that look like as far as the church's financial picture and things like that? So um, maybe just to, to dive in a little bit more to what you've been talking about this evening, Brad, but um, yeah. why are we talking about giving in this way?
3: Well, this series is all about, you know, the marks of disciples uh, in all times, all centuries, all churches, all moments, and, and giving and generosity is a hallmark of the disciples' life. We saw that in the, the scripture that was read tonight that Brad talked about. Um, we learn a lot about ourselves when we think about how we handle our money, uh, what we do with our earnings. Uh, money is a window into our soul, to our hearts, to what really matters to us and our priorities. Um, but also, there are almost no ministry plans, uh, local plans, global plans that don't have a financial component to that. That's always been a reality. In other words, sometimes we lose sight and can almost have a I don't know, maybe a slightly romantic notion about what it actually takes to send people around the globe and put them in the mission field, for example. Well, no one's ever been sent anywhere on good intentions alone, right? Every missionary that's ever been sent had to have some sort of financial backing. It's the way that it works. Um, We see that in New Testament times and that's true today. So although we won't talk about money all the time and it won't become the new uh, main issue, It is just part of the disciples life and it is the lifestyle. So yeah, we want to chat about it and, and just make sure that we have honest and hopefully helpful conversations about it in the context of discipleship.
1: Yeah, this probably moves into the next question you're to ask, but um, one of the reasons why we want to talk about this is it's, it's related to what John just said is, you know, if we're going to talk about what it means for us as a church to have our own space, um, one of the big question marks that we have to answer is, how much does it cost, right? Now, that's not the only question, um, but it's a significant question that requires wisdom and thinking, and we, we, you know, somebody has got to look at the numbers and do the math, right? And so um, part of this is an opportunity, we hope, that will kind of catalyze all of us to just think again, think anew, think freshly about what it looks like to be good stewards of, of, of God's money.
2: Yeah, okay, so with that, um, where are we as a church financially? What's, what's it look like for us, especially if we're thinking in terms of having our own space, leasing our own space, like, like financially, where are we as a church?
3: You know, there's some really good news there, and, and Brad mentioned it earlier, just trying to commend people who are already giving and have been giving in all the ways that, that he described. So at this point in time, we are uh, debt-free as a church, which is obviously a good thing. We're living within our means. In other words, the budget that we have currently does cover our costs, um, and so that's a wonderful thing. And because of really just years of generosity from so many people, we have a significant amount of money saved. And that's a great thing, because if you go to, if you go to buy, of course they wanna know what, a, what kind of a down payment you have. And commercial down payments are typically quite a bit larger than the down payment you might have put down on your home. So significant savings helps, it's, it's a really big deal. Those three things uh, are very encouraging and we wanna continue to, um, we wanna continue that trend. We don't wanna go into debt unless there's a really good reason. Uh, and we would always wanna talk about that first before we did it. But there are a couple of concerns that I have that I'll just mention real quick. Um, you know, when it comes to, to giving at Mercy View, there's really kind of three, uh, groups of folks. There's that group that Brad mentioned earlier that's just already on board and they are, uh, their giving is generous and sacrificial and cheerful and all those things and we're so grateful for that. But there's a second group of people who it's pretty clear that the um, giving is either not a priority or it's an afterthought or maybe they've just never figured out the, the, what it takes to actually be consistent in giving. So there's clearly some, some room to grow in that second group. Um, and there's a story behind every one of those situations. So everybody's circumstances are a little bit different. And then surprisingly, you have a group, a third group that, that just doesn't really give at all. And so that's, uh, that's not uncommon in church, but we wanna talk about that for all the reasons that we're up here and for the reasons that we talked about in this message. So that's one thing that's concerning. The other thing that, that is concerning to me, and, and we've talked a lot about this is, um, I think that we may have lost for some, uh, the preeminence of giving to the local church. In other words, I think that the world has gotten smaller. And so I think there's, there's folks who, who, they may not understand the idea of what Brad started his message with tonight about when we gather together, when we're part of a local church, we can make a difference collectively that we really can't make individually. And and so there is a priority and a preeminence to local church giving. Uh, There are plenty of us, uh, Elizabeth and I would fall into this category. Sure, we give to to outside missions groups. Sure, we support parachurch groups and some individual missionaries, we absolutely do. But but our, our priority in giving is to this local church. And it would be true if we were at any local church, wouldn't Mercy View or elsewhere. And so we want to talk about that in the future as well to try to help people understand what difference it makes to give locally to where we are being fed, to where our gifts are being expressed, and we hope that that, that we can see some growth in that area as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'll let me just add one real quick thing to that, you, and you said this, one of the things that is possible as it relates to that second and third group, is that there is a, a, a gap of, of, of understanding? You know, so so what I mean by that, I mean that graciously, but what I mean is uh, some of what we've been talking about tonight. Maybe you just not you've never heard what the Bible has to say about giving. So some of the why and the how. Sometimes that is a, a big piece for many of us to to. Uh, uh, just get a clear understanding and, and the right motivation for forgiving and so we recognize that if you find yourself in those groups um, There may be some more conversation that you would like to have we would love to talk with you more uh, about some of the things We're talking about tonight um, I'd Love to see yeah, we would just love to to help
2: you as much as we can there so. um, Thanks, thanks John. That's uh, helpful. Um, Brad uh, start this question uh, with you. Um, so earlier you mentioned that, okay, hey, we're in a good spot here at Memorial, like, rent is not non-existent, sure. but it's, yeah. it's, it's cheap. I mean, going great right for rent, it's pennies, right? Um, so um, I, could, I could imagine that maybe some folks are like, oh, okay, like, it seems like he's hedging a little bit. So I'm going <laughs> to ask you this just like straight out. Yep. Um, does Mercy View want its own dedicated <laughs> space?
1: Yes. Yes, I mean, we still feel like the Lord is leading us to have our own space. Part of talking about the money issue is, a, is kind of a little bit of a, a family meeting moment. Like, hey, if this is something that we want, um, that particular piece is going to continue to need to improve uh, over time. Uh, because the, the thing is, is that what we need is very specific. Um, John's had to remind me of this because I'm a dreamer. I kind of live in the clouds and John's like well we, we, we need parking. <laughs> you know like we need places where actually the city has um, like requirements for that. We can't just show up to a big warehouse that has you know 10 parking spots for example. We've got to we've got to think through the financial piece but we've got to think about a space that's conducive for all the things that we do which is, is sort of unique what a church does is, is, is unique in that way. It needs to be the right size, right? It, it can't be too big, can't be too small, <laughs> uh, and it also needs to be in the right spot in town. Now, I, we've been asked a little bit about that over the past few months, and I do think the Lord is 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 expanding a little bit of kind of our thinking there, and there's openness to other parts of the city where maybe we were a little more, I was, uh, maybe more narrow uh, in the past, but you've got to put all those variables together in order for us to pull the trigger on our, our own location. So, yes, but it's just got to be the right, right thing.
2: Yeah. Um, John, I mean, you, if we think about that, so the answer is yes. I mean, uh, we do want our own space. Um, would you talk a little bit about what you see as the benefit of us having that?
3: Yeah, for sure. I, was, I made a little list just in preparation for some of the conversations we've been having over the weeks. I wrote down freedom of schedule and freedom of place. Uh, there is so much going on in the life of the church every single week. And we actually would like that to grow. Uh, when you have your own space, you then control your calendar, you control your buildings, your facilities, you have places to do things. Uh, we trust the Lord's timing in all this, but there is, a, there is kind of a cap or a ceiling on what we can do. Uh, without our faci- without a facility of our own, and we uh, graciously and, and joyfully submit to our, our friends here who let us meet here, but this church is very, very busy with all their own activities, hence we meet here Sundays at 5. So it will always, it will always help us with freedom of, of schedule and freedom of place if we could have had our own space. Um, it's also unwise to presume forever on the grace of our friends here at Memorial, right? We've been here two years and they have no timeline for us. They've never said, hey, you know, the meter's running uh, and we're grateful for that. But at the same time, we don't wanna presume upon that too long. Uh, We don't know how long that will be, so we wanna think about that. But really, there's, there's just a, there's a theme that we keep coming back to in that a building will help us put a stake in the ground for gospel proclamation for days, weeks, months, years, maybe even decades to come. And that's something that, that uh, we look forward to with our own space. And, and you know, it, sure, it's a ministry center for everything that we want to do and everything we hope to do. But gospel proclamation is at the very top of the list.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, okay, well, um, with that, just last question. Um, and Brad, this one's for you. Um, what's next? Well, yeah. Where do we go from here? Yeah.
1: Well, I would say first, um, we're gonna continue and fast and pray together as a church. We believe that as we practice that particular spiritual discipline together as a body, uh, the Lord, again, it's, it's a mystery to me how this works, but like he hears our prayers and responds to them. And so we're up here saying, and we've, we hope we're being consistent with you, the the prayer, the focus of that prayer is like, Lord, please provide for us. And so friends we need to keep praying that prayer because right now the answer is i don't there is not an answer right it's not yet not yet is not no all right so so we need to continue to persevere in prayer together um, and uh continue to talk about what uh what that looks like as we're doing that together we need to continue to do what we're doing all right so we don't want to get distracted by this pursuit of this while well, though it's something we want to see happen, uh, we need to stay focused on what the Lord is doing among us, right? Though a, a space would be great for us, um, the church is the people of God. And so, what happens here on Sunday evenings when we're together in our gospel communities, D groups, all the various women's and men's ministry stuff, all the things that John was talking about is happening every week here. Um, let's continue to, to uh, not. Be distracted necessarily by this pursuit but rather be focused on what what that looks like um, we need to continue to be good stewards right so so one of the things that I just want to be straight up with you about like if we found a space and it was something that we felt like was a something we could afford um, we are in and, and if it's something we have to go to a bank and talk to them about you know they're gonna want to know from us um, what our financial picture looks like and so part of the not yet uh, that, that we're kind of walking through as a church right now is related to um, the need to see our financial picture to continue to strengthen. And so um, we need to take to heart what we're talking about tonight, just as your spiritual father to you tonight. Like we need to think about what it looks like for us to to invest the resources that God has given us financially into this local church to fund the mission of this local church. We need to keep saving money. We need to be be good stewards of the money that you give. We need to continue to live within our means and prayerfully consider what what the future might look like. And then we need to continue to do what we've asked you to help us to do, and that's to pursue any and all leads that, that the Lord may bring our way through the regular connections that we have with Again, commercial real estate agents, denominational people, you and the, and the things that you're seeing in and around town. And uh, yeah, so we, we an eye and an ear to the prayer that we're praying, while at the same time let's be wide-hot focused on what the Lord is up to in the present and, and the ministry that's happening here
2: right now. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, in our potluck time together, we're going to have a microphone set up in there and just have an opportunity for Q&A. So um, this didn't take the place of the Q and A that we're planning on having, um, and we hope you guys would all join us for that. Um, before we go to go to communion after this, um, Brad, would you mind praying yeah, for us? Yeah, let's pray.